ബാദ് Respected elders and dear brothers, we have entered a period of our calendar year wherein there are opportunities for us to engage in acts of righteousness that are normally difficult for us to do during any other time of the year due to our busy schedules. During this period, many of us have much free time which allows us to spend extra time with our parents, extra time with our wives and our children. The free time we have allows us to visit those relatives of ours whom we find difficult to meet with, whom we find difficult to spend time with during any other time of the year because of time constraints. And this is a very important part of our deen. You will be visiting your relatives, you will be spending naturally, you will be spending extra time with your children, with your kids, with your parents and so on and so forth. This is a very, very important and fundamental aspect of our deen. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has said in a hadith recorded by Imam Bukhari rahimahullah Man sarrahu ayyu madda lahu fi umurih wa yuwassa'a lahu fi rizqih wa yudfa'anhu meetatu su' falyattaqillaha wal yasil rahimah These are three aspects that every one of us desire for. and something we all wish for and is something we all pray for what are they rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said if you want to live a prolonged life we all want to live a prolonged life if that is really what you want wa yuwassa lahu fi rizqih number 2 if you want abundant provision if you want allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to expand your provision so you enjoy abundant sustenance and number 3 rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said wa yudfa'a anhu mitatu su if you want allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to safeguard you and protect you against an evil death number 1 prolonged life number 
you want Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant you abundant wealth, abundant provision. And number three, you want to depart from this world in the best possible way. You want a wonderful ending. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, do two things. Guard yourself against the disobedience of Allah. And number two, maintain family ties. Look for every opportunity. Look for every opportunity to enhance the relationship between you and your parents. To enhance the relationship between you and your spouse, between you and your children, between you and your aunts and your uncles and your cousins and so on and so forth and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will allow you to enjoy these three blessings the free time you and I enjoy during this time of the year allows us to set aside additional time for recitation of Quran to set aside additional time for the dhikr of Allah we have this bounty from Allah really and that's why Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam has referred to free time as a ni'mah from Allah a great bounty from Allah ni'matani maghdoonun fihi ma kathirun min al-nas as-sihha wal-faragh Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam says al-faragh free time the free time that you have is a great bounty from Allah but many of us do not use that that bounty to our advantage so you have additional time think about it Compare your time now to an ordinary day in your life. How much more free time you have, which means that you are in control of free time. That's why it's a ni'mah. You dictate what happens in your free time, but your occupied time, the time that is occupied by your work, the time that is occupied by your studies, the time that is occupied by your worldly commitments, you don't have control over that time. That time has control over you. The activity of that occupied, of that occupied time, that activity controls you. Whereas free time, you dictate what activity happens in the free time. That's why it's a ni'mah. That's why it's a great blessing and bounty from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is also a time, brothers, wherein there is mass display of immorality. While on the one hand, it is a great ni'mah from Allah, the time that we have, wherein there's so much good that we can achieve and accomplish, you can now perhaps start your day off with Salatul Ishraq. Maybe during any other time of the year, you don't, you don't find the time to pray your Ishraq Salah. Because of your worldly commitments, you have school rounds to do, you need to get to the office at a certain time and so on and so forth. But now you have the opportunity. You have opportunity to set aside time for your chashed salah, the mid-morning optional prayer, salatul duha. You even have opportunity now for salatul awabin, the prayer, the optional prayer between maghrib and isha. So indeed, this period and this time of the year and every free time that we have, is a great ni'mah and bounty from Allah because it is an opportunity for us to perform the acts of righteousness that we do not have the opportunity to do any other time of the year. But at the same time, it is also a time. It is also a period wherein we find that there will be a display of mass disobedience of Allah. A display, a mass display of immorality. A mass display of shamelessness. A mass display of nakedness. So in today's pre-khutbah talk, inshallah, we undertake a journey into the past. I want us to go thousands of years ago to discover the beginning of immorality. 
and to understand the cause of mass display of immorality and more importantly what led to this mass display of immorality that you and I are very much exposed to during this time of the year. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addressing the mothers, addressing the daughters and the sisters of this ummah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said, وَلَا تَبَرَّجْنَا تَبَرُّجَ الْجَائِرِيَّةِ الْأُولَانِ Allah instructs them, speaking to our daughters, our mothers and our sisters. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Do not commit tabarruj. The way tabarruj was committed during the very first era of jahiriyyah. There are three questions that arise in the mind of the listener of this ayah or the reciter of this ayah and I wish to answer before we go back into time thousands of years ago to understand and to discover the cause of display of immorality on a macro level the way we experience and witness and the way we observe during this time of the year I would first like to answer the three questions that arise from this ayah. The first question that arises is, what is tabarruj? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is addressing our mothers, our daughters, our sisters, and the Muslim women of this ummah. And Allah tells them that do not commit tabarruj. Now what is tabarruj? We want to understand what is tabarruj. So there are different interpretations and definitions that are given by the scholars of tafsir, the Sahaba and the Tabi'oon radiallahu ta'ala anhum. The first definition of tabarruj. The first definition of tabarruj is a woman exhibits and displays her physical body or the beauty of her physical body, she displays that, or she displays the beauty that is found in her dressing, or even the beauty that is found in her jewelry, she displays it to who? Bimar ar-rijali, for all men to see, and for all men to appreciate. So that's one definition of tabarruj. We are discussing the definition of tabarruj because the women of this ummah, the women of this ummah have been prohibited and have been warned against tabarruj. The second definition, Mujahid and Qatada, rahimahumullahu ta'ala, they said that at tabarruj is al-mashyu bitabakhtur wa takassur wa taghannuj to walk with a strut, a flirtatious walk. So the woman is displaying her physical beauty. She's displaying that parts of her physical body that she's not allowed to display to others. And how does she do it? She struts flirtatiously in front of men. That is tabarruj. A third explanation of tabarruj is offered by Muqatil, another great mufassir and scholar of tafsir. He says, He defines tabarruj. He defines tabarruj by citing an example of tabarruj. He says, A woman, she has a headgear. The Muslim woman, she puts on a headgear, she puts on her scarf, she puts on her khimar, but she doesn't pin it down. She doesn't fasten it down. So it is just loosely placed on the head. 
and she doesn't tie it together. As a result, it does not cover her jewelry, it does not cover her neck, it exposes many parts of her body like her earrings and so on and so forth that she is not allowed to display to others. So he says this is tabarruj, the definition of tabarruj. So what is tabarruj? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said to the women of this ummah, do not commit tabarruj. Protect and safeguard yourself against tabarruj. Tabarruj is where a woman, a woman exhibits those parts of her body and her beauty to those men in the ummah who are not allowed to witness that and not allowed to see those parts of the body. Second question, so that was the first question. Now we've understood what's tabarruj. We've understood what is tabarruj and the women of this, this ummah have been prohibited from committing tabarruj. The second question that arises from this verse of the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addressed the women and he said to them, do not commit tabarruj the way tabarruj was committed during the first period and during the first era of jahiriyyah. What is jahiriyyah? The second question. We, we, hear, this, we hear this term officially when we refer to the pre-Islamic era. The pre-Islamic era. We refer to that era as Ayam Jahiriyyah, the days of Jahiriyyah, or the period of Jahiriyyah. What is referred, uh, what is referred to when the term Jahiriyyah is used? So Jahiriyyah is an era, it is a period of godlessness, a period of heedlessness, a period of mass shamelessness, an age of ignorance, an age and a period of lawlessness. That is what is meant by Jahiliyyah, the term Jahiliyyah, whenever you learn, you hear the term Jahiliyyah, so now you have an understanding of what that era means, or what that period refers to. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informs the women, or rather He instructs them. He tells them, do not commit tabarruj. Don't go and display your beauty to all and sundry to enjoy and to look at as it was committed and it, as it was done during the first era of Jahiliyyah. So we've understood what Jahiliyyah means. But now Allah speaks of the first era of Jahiliyyah. What was the first period from the time of Adam salam? Adam salam, from the time of Adam salam, what was the first, or when was the first period of Jahiliyyah? The first period of heedlessness, godlessness, lawlessness that existed on planet earth. There are different explanations given by the scholars of tafsir and the ulama. According to Al-Hakam ibn Uyaynah, rahimahullah, he says, Ma bayna Adam wa Nuh. He says, it was found, the very first era and period of Jahiriyyah was found during the time of Adam and Nuh. So after Adam alayhi salam, we had the son of Adam, Sheath. And we'll speak about Sheath. Alayhi salam. He was a Nabi, the son of Adam alayhi salam. After Sheath alayhi salam, according to some, you had Idris, Idris alayhi salam. And after Idris alayhi salam came Nuh. Nuh alayhi salam was the fourth prophet of Allah. So Al-Hakam ibn Uyayna says the first period of Jahiliyyah, where you had this display of immorality publicly, was found during that era. According to Ibn Abbas, radiallahu ta'ala, he, he says it is ma bayna Nuhin wa Idris. 
Al-Kalbi to the period between Nuh alayhi salam and Idris alayhi salam. Others have said that it was during the period of Ibrahim alayhi salam. In fact, there is a narration of Abu Al-Aliyah radiyallahu ta'ala anhu. He says, هِيَ الزَّمَنَ الَّذِي وُلِدَ فِيهِ إِبْرَاهِيمَ alayhi salam. The first period of jahiliyyah, godlessness, shamelessness, immorality, was during the time of Ibrahim alayhi salam when he was born. And he says, what would happen? How was immorality displayed? He says, Look, a woman, she take an upper garment and it would be strung together with pearls. An upper garment strung together with pearls. فَتَمْشِي وَسَطَ الطَّرِيقِ تَعْرِضُ نَفْسَهَا عَلَى الرِّجَالِ And she would walk and flirtatiously strut in front of the men in that way, in that manner. So that was the first display of immorality in the existence of humankind. According to this narration, it was found during the time and the period in which Ibrahim salam was born. Let's come back to the ayah. So we have an understanding, more or less, of when the first era, when the first period of Jahiliyyah was experienced on planet earth. Coming back to the verse, after answering the three questions. The first question was, what is Tabarruj? What is Tabarruj? We've understood what is Tabarruj. And that is what the women of this Ummah have been warned against. Number two, we have understood the meaning of Jahiliyyah. What does Jahiliyyah actually mean? And number three, we have learned that the era, the first era of Jahiriyyah was any time between Adam salam and Ibrahim salam. In the commentary of this ayah that was recited and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addressed the women of this ummah, our mothers, our daughters, and our sisters. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, لا تبرجنا تبرج الجاهرية الأولى Do not commit tabarruj. Do not commit tabarruj. The way tabarruj was committed during the very first era and period of Jahiliyyah. Ibn Abbas radiallahu ta'ala anhuma, he takes us into the past, thousands of years ago, to acquaint us with the first display of mass immorality. And more importantly, the cause was the primary cause of mass display of immorality, nakedness, and shamelessness. According to a narration, it was the era of Sheath alayhi salam. So we said Sheath alayhi salam was the son of Adam alayhi salam. Who was Sheath alayhi salam? He, he was given to Adam and Hawa as a gift. In fact, the word Sheath means Hibatullah. Hibatullah means a gift from Allah. Why was he given this name, a gift from Allah? Why did Adam name him sheath? It either means a gift or it means a replacement. Sheath. A gift from Allah or a replacement. He was a Nabi of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he was given to Adam and Hawa after their son Habil was murdered. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks of two sons of Adam alayhi salam. وَاتْلُ عَلَيْهِمْ نَبَأَ بَنَيْ آدَبَ مِلْحَقِّ إِذْ قَرَّبَا قُرْبَانًا فَتُقُبِّلَ مِنْ أَحَدِّهِمَا وَلَمْ يُتَقَبَّلْ مِنَ الْآخَرِ Allah speaks of the two sons of Adam alayhi salam, not sheath. Who are the two sons? 
Qabil and Habil. Qabil, we don't have time to go into the details of the motivating factor behind his killing of his brother Habil. So Qabil kills Habil. He murders him. And Habil was a very righteous son. Habil, the murdered one. He was a very righteous, pious son of Adam. Adam salam loved him dearly. He was very close to his mother Hawa salam, And they were naturally overtaken with immense grief. Overwhelming sorrow. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala replaced them with a son by the name of Sheikh. Sheikh alayhi salam was given to them as a gift, a replacement for the son Habil whom they had lost. After the passing away of Adam alayhi salam, he appointed Sheikh prior to his passing away, he appointed Sheikh alayhi salam as the next Nabi to take over the reins of leadership and to take over the reins of prophethood. So when Adam alayhi salam passed away, Ibn Abbas radiallahu ta'ala anhuma says, وَإِنَّ بَطْنَيْنِ مِنْ وَلَدِ آدَمْ كَانَ أَحَدُهُمَا يَسْكُنُ السَّهْلَ وَالْآخَرْ يَسْكُنُ الْجَبَلِ Habil, Habil the murderer, he was still alive. Qabil, not Habil. Qabil, the murderer, he was still alive. And he was a very aggressive person. He was not prepared to live by the sharia of his father Adam salam. So what he decided to do, Qabil decided that he will establish his own community, the evil man, the murderer. So he left the community of Sheikh salam, and he moved to lay lying flat ground. While Sheikh salam, the righteous son, the pious son, the gift from Allah, he established his community in a mountainous region. That is where he lived. So you had these two communities. Ibn Abbas radiallahu ta'ala says that they were divided into two separate communities. وَكَانَ الرِّجَالُ الْجَبَلُ صِبَاحًا وَفِي النِّسَاءِ Ibn Abbas radiallahu ta'ala And there's a reason for this. We don't have time to go into that. But Ibn Abbas radiallahu ta'ala says the men of the community of Shif, Shif alayhi salam, his community, where are they based? In the mountainous regions, in the high-lying area, mountainous place, the men of that community were extremely handsome. They were handsome men, good-looking men, while the women of that community, well, they were not so gifted. By plainly putting it, they were really unattractive, bad-looking women. That is the community of Sheikh, alayhi salam. And when you look at the community of, of uh, Qabil, those who were living on the flat land, Ibn Abbas radiallahu ta'ala says about them, وَكَانَ النِّسَاءُ الصَّهْلِ صِبَاحًا وَفِي الرِّجَالِ دَمَامًا It was the opposite. So the women in that region, in the community of Qabil, they were absolutely attractive, good-looking women. While the men were unattractive, really ugly looking people, right? And you had these two communities that existed. Iblis, he came to the community of Qabil, the impious community, the evil community. He came to them, Ibn Abbas says, 
He went to a blacksmith living in that community. He came to him in the form, Iblis, as we know, and even in the time of Rasulullah wasallam, he can't take the form of a human being. There are incidents in the time of Rasulullah wasallam where Iblis did approach certain sahaba after taking the form of human being. So he came in the form of a young man and he came to the blacksmith and he offered his services to the blacksmith that allow me to work with you and to assist you in your work. So the blacksmith accepted and he allowed Iblis to assist him. Iblis was working for this person of the tribe and the community of Qabil. Iblis, what did he do? He used the opportunity to create an instrument, to create an instrument, a musical instrument, call it a flute, call it a bugle, whatever it was. But Ibn Abbas says that was the first musical instrument that was introduced to the world. And that is how Iblis introduced it. فَجَاءَ فِيهِ بِصَوْتٍ لَمْ A musical sound was emitted from this instrument and people were amazed and fascinated by this. So Iblis would go at the end of the day and he would sit in a certain public area and he would blow into this musical instrument attracting people around him. Now listen to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told Iblis when he expelled him from Jannah. The first thing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to Iblis was tafsis man minhum bisawtik. Oh Iblis, the first, the first tool that you will use to misguide people, the first tool that you are going to use to mislead people will be your voice. What is the voice of Iblis? Mujahid rahimullah says bil ghina wal mazamir. The voice of Iblis is music and the sounds made through musical instruments. People who come and gather around Iblis, they were so amazed at this, at the sound that was emitted from the flute that was introduced to the world by Iblis. Ibn Abbas says, what did they do? They then arranged for a musical concert once a year. So you have like once a year, New Year's parties, whatever else. It started off then. Once a year, they would get together, the whole community, and Iblis would be there, blowing into this musical instrument, and all of them would be swaying their bodies, and dancing to the sound of this musical instrument. We spoke about tabarruj, right? We spoke about tabarruj. He says that was when women started committing tabarruj. It started off with a flute. It started off with the music. They would come together, at the end of the year, enjoy the party, and the women felt the need to now display the beauty which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had blessed them with. And obviously the men would now also adorn themselves and beautify themselves after they were exposed to this beauty that the women had displayed for them. That was the beginning. That was the beginning of mass display of nakedness, shamelessness, and immorality. Started off with the flute. Once while this concert was happening at the end of the year, and by the way, 
according to some narrations, now became a weekly, it became a weekly concert, a weekly gathering. They would come together and listen to Iblis blowing into the flute. They would gather around him, swaying their bodies to the musical sounds that were emitted from that flute. And then it became a weekly event. And which night did they choose? According to one narration, it was a Saturday night. On a Saturday night, they chose Saturday night as the night for the musical concert that would take place on a weekly, on a weekly basis. On one occasion, while the concert was on, one of the righteous youngsters, according to one narration, it was one man. According to another narration, it was a few of them, a group of youngsters, good-looking. They were the good-looking guys, right? Good-looking youngsters from the mountainous region. They came down and they came close to this, to this community and the party was happening. And when they came there, subhanAllah, they saw these women. Remember, they had all the ugly women, right? And they saw these women and the beauty that these women had and these women were committing tabarruj. They were displaying the beauty. So they were amazed by this. And they were so impressed by this. And the women, they saw such good-looking men for the first time. Okay, so these youngsters, they go back to the mountainous region. They go back to the people. And they tell the other youngsters, the, the, the burfis and the badams and the... is on that side. We parking here with bajiyas. <laughs> no offense if you like bajiyas. Okay, but they went back and they said, listen, the good-looking women on that side, man. Alright, it all started off with the flute. So what happened is undetected. Sometimes on a Saturday night, that youngster needs to get to that rave club or to that rave party or with musical concert and they have to sneak out of the house and so on and so forth. So they would sneak out, a group of them. Ibn Abbas radiallahu ta'ala says, They now found every excuse, every excuse go on a weekly basis Saturday night and be part of that party where the women were committing tabarruj and that is how because of this mass display of shamelessness immorality and immodesty that is when people fell into the sin and the crime of zina he says that is what is meant when Allah told the women of this ummah don't commit tabarruj the way it was committed by the first era of Jahiliyyah, he says, this is the first era of Jahiliyyah. I'll leave you with two necessary measures, practical measures that must be employed. Give me two more minutes of your time, inshallah, to ensure that we, the men folk, our mothers, our daughters, our sisters, our wives, are protected against immorality, shamelessness, and nakedness. The natural outcome of listening to music, number one, the natural outcome, the natural consequence of listening to music is what? Immorality. It's, it's the natural outcome. It's what happens naturally. Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah says, وَمُهِيجُ الشَّهَوَاتِ وَالْفَسَادِ He says, whether you like it or not, whether it's playing in your car, whether it's playing in your home, whether it's playing on your device, he says the natural consequence of music is what does it do it wakes up it revives it triggers the lust within you you will naturally be attracted to shamelessness immorality nakedness so the first thing i need to do is safeguard myself my children my daughters our mothers and our sisters our spouses number one 
every one of us against the very first instrument or the sound made by the very first musical instrument that led to tabarruj, that led to this mass display of immorality and shamelessness. Number one. Number two, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, after telling the women of this ummah, do not commit tabarruj, was the very first thing he said to them after that. وَلَا تَبَرَّجْنَ تَبَرُّجَ الْجَاهِلِيَّةِ الْأُولَى وَأَقِمْنَ الصَّلَاةِ أَقِمْنَ الصَّلَاةِ Oh women of this ummah, Allah says, construct salah in your life. There's no one word translation for aqinna. You know we hear of iqamatu salah. One is to pray your salah, to perform your salah. One is to construct salah in your life. Allah is saying construct it in your life, especially during this time of the year. If you're looking for an anchor, if you're looking for something to hold you down, to help you, to assist you, ensure that you are holding on to your salah. Salah is constructed in your life. Why did Allah say construct salah? And He didn't simply say perform salah. Because if you look at the building, if you look at this masjid, and you look at these walls of the masjid, then you move them, you can't move them. But everything else in this building can be moved around. So salah, you construct it in your life. Whether it's a family function, whether it is um, some event, whatever it may be, that's the move. But your salah is constructed, it's built in your life. Right? And it's got to be that sincere, deep salah. So the natural, the natural outcome of music is immorality. And Allah teaches us in the Quran, the natural outcome and consequence of establishing salah in your life is what? Morality. Modesty. It safeguards you against every type of vice and shamelessness. Allah says definitely salah will help you stay away from all types of acts of immorality and decency and it will help you and safeguard you against all form of evil. May Allah grant us the understanding.